Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Selling Greenville, your favorite real estate podcast here in Greenville, South Carolina. I'm your host, as always, Stan McCune, realtor right here in Greenville, South Carolina, and you can find all of my contact information in the show notes if you need to reach out to me for any of your real estate needs. Please let me know because I am your guy. I've gotten a lot of clients through this podcast, and I want to keep that going, so please remember me for all of your local uh, upstate of South Carolina real estate needs and reach out to me by text, phone call, DM, whatever is most convenient for you. Um, and just a reminder, if you're a listener of this show, even if you plan to never use me as your realtor, maybe you already have a realtor that you're happy with. Um, I tell people all the time, if you're happy with your realtor, stick with your realtor. Um, so I'd, I'm not trying to take anyone uh, away from any realtor that's doing a good job, but there's plenty of bad ones out there. So I'm happy to, to take you off of their hands. Um, but Regardless, if you're a listener of the show, regardless of whether you ever plan to use me as a realtor, please, if you're using Spotify, if you're using Apple Podcasts, which the majority of you guys use, please leave a five-star rating, a short little review telling people what you like about the show, um, and make sure that you subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. I think pretty much every podcast app out there um, allows you to do that in some form or another. Um, This week, as we are going into Thanksgiving, uh, this is my, I guess we'll make this annual. I don't know. Uh, my annual thankfulness podcast, uh, for the year 2022. Um, I did this last year. Um, I think the year before, which was my first year doing the podcast, I think I just skipped the week of Thanksgiving. Um, but I have a lot more listeners now and I feel like producing weekly content is what you guys want. Um, I also don't know how many people are going to listen this week, but it doesn't matter. I still wanted to get content out for you guys, for those that are interested. And um, I I just want to spend some time being thankful. Um, And first off, I just want to say, this is not an exhaustive list of things I'm thankful for. This is a Greenville real estate podcast. So I am going to list things that I'm thankful for relative to that. Um, it, the things that I don't list, it doesn't mean that I'm not thankful for those things. Um, so, uh, the fact that I, I'm not going to say that I'm thankful for the great country of the United States of America does not mean, um, that I'm not patriotic. Um, the fact that I'm not going to say that I'm thankful for my wife, um, don't read into that and conclude that I'm not thankful for her or that I'm not a good husband. This is not an exhaustive list of things that I'm thankful for. I feel like I always need to to caveat things like that because people are like, well, I mean, he didn't list off his puppy that he was thankful for his puppy. I mean, he must not like his puppy. No. First off, you guys don't normally do that, but I'm on Twitter enough and I'm on social media enough to see that this is the way people can respond to things. I don't think that my listeners would naturally do that, but I just want to make sure I get out in front of that on the front end. This is what I'm thankful for relative to my job, relative to Greenville Real Estate. So let's just jump right in. Um, I've I've spent some time reflecting on you know what what am I like actually thankful for? What are some of the things that um, I've gone through, big picture or maybe specific? That's like you know what I I really feel like this kind of stands above above the pack in terms of something that that I'm thankful for. And the first thing that came to mind was just how crazy the past two to two and a half years were. Now, um, a lot of people lost a lot of stuff, uh, stuff and, you know, jobs, money, um, 
relationships and uh, friends and family members um, as a result of the pandemic. And so I don't want to downplay any of that. Um, But from a real estate perspective, the pandemic brought this kind of period of two, two two to two and a half years of just complete and utter chaos where, you know, some weeks I found myself working um, 80, 90 hours during the week. And I knew that it wasn't going to, to be that crazy for forever. But it was a good kind of crazy, and it taught me a lot. Um, obviously, I made good money during that, during that stretch of time. Um, and it really stretched me to, to learn how to do things that I couldn't do before. Um, and of course, this podcast came out of that time period, right? I started this podcast right around the pandemic. Um, it was also related to some of the health issues that I was having that resulted in me not being able to drive for six months. Um, but all in all, I'm, I look back and in spite of all of the negative that came about the past two, two and a half years, I see so much positive that I experienced personally and I'm thankful for that in spite of, of all that loss, in spite of all that frustration, in spite of, you know, my, my children, you know, not being able to almost like losing a year of their childhood. Like none of that was good, but at the same time, there's so much to be thankful for. Um, and particularly when I look at um, professionally, what has happened in my business the past two, two and a half years, I'm really thankful for that. Um, unrelated to the pandemic, I lost my broker um, in the year 2020. Um, well, it was it could have been indirectly related. Um, she had her second bout with cancer, and she beat it the first time. And the second time, she was fighting it. She was quite the fighter. And um, she was supposed to, I think it was MD Anderson, that she, was, uh, she had b- gotten into MD Anderson. And literally, the day that she arrived to get her initial consultation, they shut it down for COVID. Um, and a few months later, um, we lost her. And... That was that that weighed heavily on me, um, but I'm grateful for the years that I got with her, and now I have a different broker, Matthew, and I'm I'm grateful for the years that I've had with him since then. And so, um, I, I think it's easy to get lost in all of all of these things that we have lost um, over the past couple of years. But at the same time, when I look back and and don't just focus on um, on those things and think about all the positives that's come out of it. There's been a lot of positive and I'm, I am particularly grateful for that while also realizing that I'm, that I'm privileged in a lot of ways that a lot of people really can't look back and see a lot of stuff to be thankful for over the past couple of years. Um, and if that's you reach out to me, I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to encourage you again, my contact information's in the show notes. Um, I don't, you know, I, me as a realtor, a lot of my conversations with people are personal. Sometimes it's just trying to encourage them. I've had a lot of people, a lot of clients over the years going through um, divorces, going through difficult things with, um, you know, having just lost um, a, uh, a their parents and now they've inherited a house and, and they're trying to figure out what to do. I find myself sometimes doing a lot more than just, you know, the X's and O's of real estate in this job. And that's something that I like about this. Um, that that's a part of the job that I like. So I don't want anyone to feel, um, like, uh, 
like they don't have an outlet if they're listening to this and they're thinking, well, I don't have anything to be thankful for that for the past couple of years. I'd be happy to, to chat with you about that. Um, so with that in mind, with just how chaotic it's been the past couple of years and, and how um, I feel like I have something to be thankful for when it comes to that. Um, on the flip side, I'm thankful that things have started to slow down the, the past several months. Um, I am, you know, the, the pace that I was going at for the past two years was not really a sustainable pace. Um, you can't work 80 or 90 hours a week without that, um, having a negative impact on you physically, psychologically, all of those things. I was right on the verge of having to really restructure my business and trying to figure out, okay, what, what do I need to do? And I, and I restructured my business a few years ago and basically, had to re rethink through how I worked with investor clients. And that meant um, parting ways with some clients. That meant some clients parting ways with me um, because we couldn't agree on, uh, on the actual terms of what it would look like for me to work with investor clients. Um, basically, new investor clients now, I require a minimal retainer fee. Um, and, and that's just simply to, to weed out those who... Um, are tire kickers um, or non-committal, um, and for me to be able to focus on those who are committal, who are willing to commit to me, and and who are willing to commit to actually having uh, real estate closings, which is what I depend upon for my living. Um, so all that to be said, I had to I had to do that once in order to keep my head above water, and I nearly had to do something like that again, except on a broader level, and I'm not exactly sure what that would have looked like. But I was anticipating that the frenetic pace of the past two and a half years um, would stop, and it has. Um, now, it stopped very suddenly. Um, I shouldn't say it stopped. It, the, the impact of, um, on real estate has happened very suddenly as a result of what the Fed has done and raising mortgage rates. We've seen a dramatic um, slowdown. As I've talked to you guys in some of these market reports that we've done, um, inventory is way up. People are obviously slowing down just for the holiday season. Um, and But I, I think that there's more than just a holiday slowdown going on, obviously. Um, there is obviously a lot of people that have dropped out of the market. I've had some clients that have dropped out of the market because now they can't afford um, what you know the price point that they could afford before because of how much higher mortgage rates are. Um, and so all, all that to be said, um, I I am grateful to to have to be able to get a little of a breather for the holidays this year. Um, and that's not to say that I don't want more business. So don't hear that if you're listening and you're just like, "Well, I was just about to reach out to him for more business." No, I'm not saying that. Um, I'm not saying that I don't want want more business. Um, you calling me is not going to change the fact that the entire market has slowed down. And, uh, and that slowdown is something I think, like I said, if it didn't happen, I would have had to do a complete overhaul of my business. Now, um, I can kind of, kind of press the, the reset button mentally before having to press it on my entire business. And now I think I'll have, you know, a, a few months or so to be able to kind of rethink, okay, now here's, let's say that my business goes to that level that it was for the past two years, what do I need to do 
proactively in order to be able to be ready for that. Before, it just kind of came out of nowhere. And it wasn't just for me. It was for everyone. It came out of nowhere for everyone. Um, and so we were all acting reactively. Now I have this opportunity to proactively kind of reassess. Um, and, and I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful to be able to, to have some, some moments to be able to just kind of press that reset button and to, to take a moment to reflect and to try to figure out, okay, what's my game plan for the next year, for the next five years? And again, that was how this podcast came about was that my business really slowed down dramatically um, at the beginning of, of 2020. And it was like, okay, I'd been wanting to do content creation for some time. And podcasts are something that I personally love to listen to. I'm listening to them constantly. And so that was something that I just decided, you know, I'm going to buckle down and figure this out. I'm going to figure out how I'm going to do this. And, um, and so uh, something very positive came out of uh, some, something very negative, which was my health issues combined with the pandemic. And so uh, I expect nothing less as we enter this kind of uncertain phase of real estate. A lot of realtors are scared right now. Um, I just saw something go out that was about, uh, you know, some kind of training in preparation for the, the recession of 2023. I think the South Carolina Association of Realtors sent this out, some kind of like pre-recession training. Um, so, right, that's the kind of things that you're hearing and a lot of people kind of anxious. I, I'm not anxious. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for this and I'm, I'm also fully, uh, fully prepared for whatever is going to happen. Um, I graduated in 2008 during the Great Recession. I had to endure pay cuts and, and layoffs during that time. And um, so I, I think I'm prepared for this at this point. And I'm trying to approach it with an attitude of gratefulness rather than an, an attitude of fear. Um, on, a, on a completely different note, although obviously real estate related, um, I'm grateful for the contract change that happened earlier this year in South Carolina for the due diligence period. Um, if you've not heard my podcast on that, I've done a few um, earlier this summer. There would have been one. There would have been one in the spring, um, probably March or April, and then um, I've done one or two since then, which would have been probably since uh, June, July, that time period, which was when these things went into effect. Um, but basically, Greenville and the state of South Carolina simplified the standard. Um, South Carolina Association of Realtors Contract Form 310, which is the form that the vast majority of residential real estate transactions happen on. Um, and that contract change simplified the inspection period from having three options, which are repair procedure as is and due diligence, simplified it all down to due diligence. And a lot of people hated this. A lot of people were upset about this. And by people, I mean realtors and brokers um, there was a lot of hate for it, um, but I never liked the old system. And so when this happened, I knew there were going to be growing pains. But for me, I felt like it was going to be a net positive. And here we are, um, you know, almost six months into. Well, I guess we're not quite six months. We're about we're five months into the 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 change, going on six months next month. Um, and I think it has been a net positive. I think that it has really simplified a lot of things. Um, it, it does, uh, as I've discussed in other podcasts, it does make it a little bit tricky, uh, confusing to explain to people that there's earnest money and then also a termination fee 
and that one is paid in advance and one isn't. That's confusing, but that's fine. All in all, I think that it is a better, cleaner system and that buyers and sellers um, can can walk away feeling better about just how well they can they can feel better going into a transaction of kind of what the outcome will be and then they can feel better at the end of the transaction that's like okay um this went this went smoothly this went well i've not had any drama from uh from this new system yet i've had a lot of closings since this has gone into effect there's been zero drama it's been very simple i've had a few times where we've had to gather the termination fee that was not a problem um, I've had, so I've had a, a, I've dealt with a few times where people have backed out and had to surrender that termination fee. No issues there. Um, I've had a few times, uh, plenty of times where repairs have been asked for, and there's been a bit of a negotiation where buyer and seller have to decide what repairs are important. In some instances, they agreed to just settle monetarily. No issues there either. Um, I've had some instances where, um, the, the buyers didn't ask for anything during their due diligence period. It was just like, okay, everything's good, and they just moved forward. Um, that's probably the, the scenario I've seen the least, um, but we have I have seen that once or twice. Um, and all in all, I, I think it's a good system, and I think that we're, we're still um, – people are still getting used to it, but I see a comfort level right now that realtors have with it that is a lot better – than it was during the summer. And I feel like next year, um, we're going to see a comfort level with it that just everyone is is able to handle it. Everyone kind of understands the way it works. I mean, there's still going to be some education on it that needs to happen. Um, one thing that's very important that has been expressed multiple times by the South Carolina Association of Realtors and by my office and by others is that there has to be an address on the initial contract, there needs to be an address for the seller so that when the buyer, if the buyer does terminate, they know where to take their termination fee to. Um, that, uh, unfortunately, a lot of uh, realtors ha- haven't gotten that memo. They haven't gone to the training or whatever the case may be. And so a lot of them leave that off, which is a problem. Um, so I'm hoping that as we go into the the new year, as more people get used to understanding the importance and and how all the importance of some of those things and how um, the how all of these things work together, the interplay of all uh, of of the different things that need to be filled out in the contract that in the previous years weren't that important. Um, I'm hopeful that it continues to get better, but it's already a big improvement, and for that I'm thankful. Um, if we want to go back, you know, again, I was just kind of reflecting, not just back on the past year, but just kind of reflecting in general. One thing that could have been really, really bad, um, like thinking in hindsight, right? Going back again to 2020, and and I can't remember if I mentioned this on uh, on last year's Thanksgiving podcast. I doubt. Any, any of you that listened to it last year remember this anyway. Um, but there was a debate for several weeks and concern um, and lobbying that happened over whether real estate would be deemed an essential business. You guys remember that? Remember that debate? What businesses are essential? What businesses are not essential during a pandemic? And in the state of South Carolina and in most states, um, real estate was deemed 
to be an essential business, which makes sense. I mean, <laughs> potentially moving, like that is an essential thing uh, for a lot of people. But um, there was concern that it that it wouldn't happen, that real estate would end up uh, potentially being considered non-essential. But I am immensely grateful, and so is every realtor in the state of South Carolina, that our governor um, and uh, our other state politicians deemed it to be an essential business. And um, if they hadn't, then, I mean, who knows what would have happened. Um, and kind of in line with that, now this is still kind of um, in a state of flux, but for now, I want to say that I'm thankful that realtors are still considered independent contractors. There is a lot of rumblings out there about realtors potentially um, losing their status as independent contractors and potentially needing to become employees. Um, I don't see that happening for a while, and I hope that it never happens. I am thankful to be an independent contractor. I'm thankful that I'm not an employee. I don't care about benefits. I don't care about, you know, potentially getting uh, health insurance through um, through my brokerage or, or anything like that. Like, I've had all this figured out for a long time now. Um, and for me, an, a big part of being a realtor is that um, I am my own boss, right? Well, in a sense, I'm my own boss, and I'm about to, to mention this in a second, but my clients are my bosses too, right? But in terms of how I run my business, nobody tells me how to run my business. If I have a client that tells me how to run my business, then that's probably not a client that I need to be working with because uh, they're, that sounds like they're second-guessing me. And um, at that point, we just need to kind of probably part ways at that point. But I don't have any – I don't want to say I have no oversight. I do have oversight. Um, but I don't have anyone micromanaging how I run my business, how much time I spend marketing myself um, or my business, how many clients I get, how many closings I have per year. And that for me is really, really important. Because I run my business at the pace that I want want to run it at. I run it in the way that I want to run it. Um, and for those of you that have used me as realtor um, at some point in the past, I think that you know that that is a is a positive. I'm I, I don't need oversight. Um, and and having a ton of oversight um, and people telling me what to do. Um, that doesn't benefit me. I work best when I'm working alone. Like this goes back all the way back to school. Group projects, what frustrated the daylights out of me was whenever we had a group project, I hated it because I was always the one that had to take over. I was always the one that had to save the project, that had to do all the work. I ended up doing way more work in a group project than if I had just had to do it by myself. Um, and the same thing, guess what? When I entered the workforce as an adult, of course, I was I entered the workforce before as an adult. I've worked since I was like 15 years old. Um, but when I became an adult and finally had full-time, like having to support myself uh, type of work, I learned very quickly that the same thing was true, that I ended up having to do work for other people um, rather than only the work that was, quote-unquote, assigned to me. Um, me as a realtor... As an independent contractor, um, which is the way all realtors are, um, even though we're under a brokerage, we're not an employee of that brokerage. 
I am able to uh, to do my business for me and only me, ultimately for my clients. And that's to your benefit because it, trust me, listen, if I had a boss telling me what to do, that boss would be taking me away from you. That's what happens. Bosses give you busy work. I'm able to cut out all of the busy work and go straight to what's important for my business. And I think that that is super duper essential. Um, I mean, even at, so I'm with Seed and Joyner Realtors um, here in Greenville. It, if I wanted to, I could spend the entire week only going to networking meetings and only going to training sessions. I could do I could do that easily, 40 hours a week, just doing those two things. Now, thankfully, because I'm an independent contractor, those are all optional. I don't have to attend any training besides what's required by the state for continuing ed. Um, and, and that's not every year. I don't have to go to any, there are no mandatory meetings. There's no mandatory networking. Um, but I still go to some of those things, but I go to the ones that I think are important. The ones that I think I actually need in order to improve myself as a realtor. Um, and so it's the things that most impact you, my clients, or hopefully future clients, or at the very least, my listeners. Those are are the things that I'm spending my time on rather than spending my time staying busy doing all of these other peripheral activities that aren't a guarantee to actually further my business in any way. So I am, I'm super grateful. Like I can't express enough. Super grateful that realtors are independent contractors um, and not employees. Um, and I've already alluded to this, uh, but last, but definitely not least, if anything, I saved it for last because it's the most important thing. I'm thankful for my listeners and my clients. And I don't want this to be cliche because obviously, you know, that's a very cliche thing to say. But I teased this out a little bit. Those of you that are connected with me on Facebook, um, and if you're not connected with me on Facebook, you're welcome to connect with me on there. Just be aware. Um, I share a lot of sports and political things on there. I don't have a political affiliation. So for me, it's more just interesting. Um, but, um, just be aware before you hit that friend button that you're going to, you're going to see some of that in my feed, um, and on my timeline. Um, but I put on, uh, I put on Facebook recently that, um, some, something to the effect, I don't even have the post, uh, pulled up here, but I used to, um, I used to have, you know, I used to work for the man, right? I, I worked in a salaried position for almost nine years. And that was in international business. And so I, I experienced that. I'm not one of these realtors. There's a lot of realtors that have never, like, held an actual job besides being a realtor. That's not me. Um, I w- was a restaurant manager at one point. I was an actually an IT manager at one point um, in college. Um, and and then I was uh, – I had a, a – uh, mid-level executive type position um, for a small business in Greenville for a time as well. Um, and so I've had my fair share of hourly and sour salaried positions. And, you know, it, as I've already alluded to, um, I don't work best when I'm under like an official boss. But at the end of the day, when you really think about it in real estate, 
my bosses are my clients. Like they are the ones that I answer to. They're the ones that hire me and potentially, hopefully not, but potentially fire me. Um, and I'm, I always tell people, hey, if you feel like this isn't working, if you feel like you're, you're unhappy, please let me know first. Let's try to figure it out first. But I'm not holding anyone hostage to working with me. If you want to fire me, I am not going to stop you from doing that. If you if you legitimately feel like I'm not doing the job, but but I want to talk about that first, right? Um, and so rather than having one boss that hires me and then you know might threaten to fire me, which has happened to me in the past over social media posts. Um, <laughs> um, like I said, beware, beware of the social media posts. Um, but uh, unlike that. I am constantly looking to be hired by multiple different bosses, by multiple different clients. And for a lot of people, that's what keeps them out of real estate. And for a lot of people, that's what costs them. That's why there's a 90% failure rate in real estate is because that's exhausting at the end of the day. It's really, really hard to, uh, to constantly be looking to be hired and to not know for sure if you're going to be hired uh, tomorrow or the week after or the month after you're constantly having to do that in real estate. Um, and at the end of the day, um, that's not my favorite part of the business is like trying to get people to use me as their realtor. Um, I do it a lot more indirectly than other people do. Other people are, you know, sending seven text messages, making seven phone calls, writing seven postcards every day, you know, telling people, hey, if you know someone that needs a realtor, please reach out to me. I don't do that. Um, what I try to do is I just try to be friends with people, get to know people, um, and help show you that I know what I'm talking about. And then ultimately business comes my way that way. And I've made that system work now for almost seven years. Um, but at the end of the day, I've had good bosses. I've had bad bosses, um, but none of them are have been as good as just my clients. My clients have been amazing bosses. Um, to to call them that, which is kind of silly, but it, but it, like I said, it's true. Um, all of you that are listening that have been my client in the past, I I appreciate all of you. There there's none of my clients that I have walked away from, and I'm just like. I never want to talk to them again. I never want to deal with them again. And listen, I hear constantly people say that. I'm, I'm on some realtor social media um, pages where they're just like, man, I dealt with this client and I never want to deal with them again. No, I, I, I legitimately can't think of a single client that I've had over these almost seven years now that I feel that way about. And I think that that's a testament to you guys. Um, but that's something I'm just immensely thankful for. It's been um, a crazy time of my life since I, I made this jump to being uh, self-employed and ultimately employed by, by my clients. And I just feel incredibly blessed to have been able to get to know so many of you. And now that I've got this podcast, I know that there's a lot of you listening that I, I have never interacted with. And in spite of that, I'm grateful for you guys as well that I can have listeners out there, that I can have kind of an outsized impact 
um, even beyond just the real estate transactions that I'm doing. Um, and, and that's a way for, you know, even if it's just helping you guys to understand Greenville, helping you guys to understand real estate or investing better, um, I'm at the end of the day, I'm just grateful to be able to have uh, that opportunity as well. So those are the five things that, that just came to my mind as I think through what I'm thankful for real estate-wise and business-wise uh, this past year and, and really the past few years. Um, and, uh, and I hope you guys have a lot to be thankful for as well. I think when, you really, when we really sit down and think about it, even having gone through some hard times, um, really there, there's a, a lot in, in this world, even through all the darkness, that we can be grateful for. And, uh, and at the end of the day, like I said, there's, there's nothing real estate-wise that I'm more grateful for than every one of you that, that are listening and every one of you that have used me at some point in, uh, in a real estate transaction. Um, so that's it for this week. I appreciate you guys listening. I hope you have a really great Thanksgiving. Um, whether you're a turkey lover or a turkey hater, I know that there that that is a very controversial meat. Actually, Thanksgiving has all the controversies. It's like cranberry. Like, do do people want that that weird like can cranberry stuff? I think that's disgusting. Personally, um, there's the is it stuffing or is it dressing debate, um, and it's definitely stuffing. It is not dressing. I don't care what you say. Um, there is the whole debate over all of these Thanksgiving vegetables. Which vegetables are actually good? And should there be any vegetables? Should it just be like macaroni and, you know, like pie and some kind of a meat and bread? Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I, there are some things that I really like in uh for Thanksgiving that you guys probably wouldn't like. I, I like turkey. Um, it needs to be done right. We had, um, I, if you guys want to go ahead and just hit the stop button, feel free to. I'm just going to ramble for a moment here. My office had a Thanksgiving party um, the other day, or yesterday, I guess. Yeah, yesterday. I'm, I'm recording this on Friday the 18th because I'll be out of town next week. Um, but my office had a Thanksgiving party and the turkey there was top level. It was from um, the, I believe it's called the Traveling Peddler, which is a um, catering wing of the Peddler Steakhouse, which is one of Greenville's best and arguably, in my opinion, probably the most underrated restaurant in Greenville, the Peddler. Check it out. It is in a very nondescript location. The parking lot is dangerous. Um, the restaurant looks like you wouldn't even guess that it's, it's a restaurant. It has kind of an old European look to it. You get inside. They have a salad bar that's with, like, every meal, uh, which is, like, super random. Um, but everything is top-notch. I'm a, I, I re-visited um, the Peddler after years recently and was just like, why have I not eaten here so much more often? It's great value. Um, and, a, and a great meal, but but they made some top-notch turkey. I was extremely impressed with the turkey that they made because I know that's not easy. Um, so I like turkey if it's done right. Um, if it's not done right, then give me the ham um, or chicken or something else instead, preferably. Um, I like squash casserole. 
This is probably my most controversial Thanksgiving food take. Um, yes, I'm a fan of squash casserole. If it's uh, if it's done right, and I only get it from um, my wife's aunt um, is the one that makes that. So I haven't had too many varieties of it. Um, I don't like collard greens. I think they're disgusting. I don't care how you do it. Um, I'd rather eat seaweed. I have eaten seaweed. Seaweed is better than collard greens. So I'm just going to say that. Um, mashed potatoes are okay, but overrated. Um, I'm like, they just get you full, right? So I'm not going to eat a lot of mashed potatoes. I'm not going to eat any bread for Thanksgiving. No bread. It's just a filler. Why in the world would I eat bread? Um, if there was some kind of really, really good looking artisan type of loaf that like someone made at home, I might would consider that, but I know I'm not going to get that at Thanksgiving this year. So I'm not even going to tease that out. Um, macaroni top level, top level Thanksgiving dish. Um, big fan of the macaroni, um, green bean casserole. I'm okay with it. Um, um, it, again, that one, it, it's kind of hit or miss. I've seen green bean casserole and I've had green bean casserole. That's like gross. Um, or like the green beans are like those thick cut ones and they like aren't cooked enough. And then it's just like in that, that mushroom, whatever stuff. And I, I don't know, it can be gross. Um, so it has, that has to be done right. It has to be French. I think it's French cut green beans. I think, uh, is the way I like that. Um, broccoli casserole can be good. I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, and then for dessert, I had at yesterday at the office party, a dessert that was I, like, it looked good, but I was a little bit concerned about it. So I only got a small piece of it. And then I was like, I should have gotten a way bigger piece. It was some kind of like cranberry, uh, cake with cream cheese frosting. And that was incredible. That was next level. I ended up eating more chocolatey. I do tend to, to eat more chocolatey types of, of things for dessert. I don't eat a lot of dessert, but but I will for Thanksgiving. I'm not a big cake guy, typically. That's why I didn't get more of that cranberry thing when I first got it. Um, in hindsight, that was a mistake. Um, but probably 75% of cakes I do not like. Um, so I probably won't be eating a lot of cakes. Um, I'm fine with pies. Um, blueberry, blueberry pies, good. Strawberry pies, um, apple. Peach, cobbler, those are all good. Get away from me, key lime pie. I want nothing to do with that. Um, sorry, I, I know I just offended a lot of people. No key lime pie. Um, again, I already mentioned the the cherry. I'm, I'm not doing cherry. Um, and I, I don't want anything to do with banana pudding. Like, get that away from me. Um, that, that, to me, is not, that should not be a thing. Um, so, no, no banana pudding for me. Um, so, there you have it. That's the definitive uh, rambling list. I did not plan to do that, um, but that is the definitive statement that I'm going to make on Thanksgiving foods. So um, I'm I'm sure I will get some feedback, and I look forward to getting some feedback on which of those food takes you guys thought were wonderful and which of those food takes you guys thought were terrible. Um, and you can do that by contacting me via my contact information in the show notes. Um, also, if you need a realtor, that's where you go to, to find me as well. And please, if you like this show, please subscribe, leave a five-star rating, leave a short little review. Enjoy Thanksgiving. And we'll talk again next time.